I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio hey everybody so i want to welcome a very special guest back from the dead if you will um mr lou temple thank you for joining us on fangirl radio i'm so excited to be here you know it's not easy to get an invitation to be on your show because um (laughs) everybody i know is like did you get on fangirl i said no and i asked them and uh they said no, so I guess you have to know somebody <laughs> to not get a no. So I'm very excited to be here. Thank you so much. And I know you uh, you reach out to all corners of uh, of fans, and so I am I'm excited to be here. We're very happy to have you. You you've joined the uh, us in the Walking Dead family. We've had uh, Greg Nicotero on. We've had Norman Reedus on, and we're very happy to have you uh, included in that group. That is a great group. I am, uh, I'm very fond of both of those men in a, in a uh, platonic way. Uh, <laughs> well, that's although, not what I heard, but... Although the, I have been asked, uh, <laughs> almost invariably I am asked um, whether or not we have a community shower. And <laughs> it, it, some people must feel like, um, like it's uh, like a sports team. Like, you know, after the show, you, y'all get out of your wardrobe and go shower <laughs> together. Are there and, cameras um, involved? Are there cameras involved? <laughs> oh, Jay. There's very little water at all involved or, or cl- hygiene in the least on The Walking Dead. So, uh, and, the, and Greg Nicotero is, uh, he's such a delight. I'm so, uh, I, I've been, I've been kind of referencing a story which connects he and I forever in in um, in several ways. So I can wait to get that out of the way. I will I will not forget it, or I can bestow it um, at at your pleasure, at your leisure. So, but uh, he, he's a delight. He's he's very dear and as passionate as anyone that works on that show, as you know. Oh, oh, definitely, and and um, just uh, I, I wanted to get this in there. You are coming to Horror Hound Weekend next month, and Greg I'm, is going to be there along with Norman. I'm so excited to see the both of them, and, and maybe we can all shower then. Maybe we'll just wow go one, of the, <laughs> one of the hotel rooms and and uh, and get wet. And uh, wow. well, you, um, you one, have no idea how many people are taking you literally right now. You you uh, really I, don't I, know what you just did, Lou Temple. I think you I just don't kicked. No. I think I kicked up the whorehound attendance by uh, <laughs> oh good grief by four people. <laughs> well, I, I have I don't want to scare you at all, but I, I was told how many pre tickets we've sold at this point, and we've still got a month to go before the show as of this airing. Six thousand tickets. Oh uh, man, I'm so excited, and of course, uh, I, I, I'm uh, I'm a big Ohio happy guy, so I am. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it, um, not just to meet the the fans. That's always first and foremost, but also to get a little home cooking in Ohio. Not that I'm from Ohio, but someone has a kitchen, and um, <laughs> and, and uh, there's a good food to be had. And I'm gonna guess that maybe there'll be some spring in the air, and usually uh, a little sun follows me around, and Aww. so. Uh, that uh, that will be good. That'll be good for the, for the likes of Cincinnati right there. Oh yeah, well, and, and there's a water park involved. There's an indoor water park. I don't know if you've heard about this, but we take it over on Saturday night, and it's going to be crazy. I feel like this was. I feel like our our opening was just all a lead into the water park. You know? 
this. Yeah, there's a nice. See, there's the, the yeah, the, the showering the and showering. the water, and yeah, yeah I, that's, I think you planned this. <laughs> I feel like I just played it all in. Well, I'm excited. That's fantastic that we're talking about six thousand people, and you know, uh, I love the word fan. I suppose it's a derivative of uh, fanatic, and and aren't we all? But I have sort of coined a phrase with. Um, my experience on The Walking Dead, and I, I, I seldom refer to them as fans now because I feel like they're so involved in so much more of a place than just being an observer. I feel I, I, I call them the audience. I call them really the fourth wall cast members because somehow whatever they have on their minds or their hearts or their ideas – through osmosis or there's some symbiotic transfer, it gets to production and production seems to be able to put it in place, as does uh, what the audience needs. It feels like the production is able to deliver that. And sometimes, every now and again, what the audience doesn't know they need, they get. And sometimes when they are a little too comfortable with um, w- with their easy chair they need to get up out of it for a moment to react to a bullet in one of their love loved <laughs> one's head and so this uh, this was our uh this was yeah. our our motive with uh with our dear friend axel unfortunately and uh that i feel like was a gut punch and i i feel like we pulled that off with a plum you know, oh, and, uh, you, you you did. I I was watching the episode on my iPhone as I was working out, and I almost fell off the elliptical, screaming, "Oh shit!" as loud as I could in the middle of this empty gym, and 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 I'm like, "Oh, oh no! You were supposed to get with Carol, and and Daryl was going to come back, and there was going to be this whole three way kind of yeah, like triangle. Either, yeah, something was something was going to occur that was going to have to be attended to and and so uh, I, I felt like there was a lot of axle left to unpeel um clearly everything that you uh you, you read on the label um there were still a lot of ingredients with axle that had been yet to be discovered and and you know we were building that as such so that we could we could slowly unravel and, and paint with those colors but at the end of the day um uh, the the powers that be, you know, Glenn and 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 Robert and Gail and AMC and Greg McTarrell, uh, all through all through debate, and there was a lot of it, and through continual veto and and riot, rebel rousing, um, the decision was made. Somebody has to take a fall, otherwise the governor will seem rather impotent. And he will just come and uh, he'll bark and have no bite. And um, he needed retribution. He needed to take an eye for an eye. And so it fell upon me. And and it really fell upon Axel because of the fact that he was ingratiating himself with the survivors. He was endearing himself with the audience. And this was just a perfect time to pull the rug out from underneath us all and reiterate that just don't get too comfy because this could happen to anybody and it is the walking dead let's make no mistake yeah and uh, and that's exactly right so uh, i was very uh pleased at how it was executed i was i was happy with the episode and happy with the the edit happy with the days uh of work of that episode um I was treated very well by production in so many ways in in being able to collaborate and communicate and you know cogitate on things that would or would not happen and so I, I was really comfortable. I felt like there were so many lovely things that were attached to it, along with all of its harshness. Um, first of all, the harsh things, obviously, a bullet to the head is pretty final and it's pretty abrasive and it's abrupt and it's very JFK and there's no no gray back there's no gray area so that was um that was harsh um the fact uh, one of the amusing things to me is that 
there were a lot of bullets and there was a lot of str- a lot of stray shots and, but not one guy missed Axel. Well, he was exactly. Yeah, seeing. that was one thing that a lot of people have picked up on was how did it turn into the A team after they took out Axel with a single headshot? I mean, every time it, they every time they cut back to Carol, like like five more squibs would go off on the dummy's back or your yeah, back if that was yeah. you lying there. And all I could think of was they can hit anything that's dead. <laughs> But nobody can shoot anything that's alive. That's that was pretty much it. It was. I mean, their bullets have uh, have magnets, or maybe everyone who has uh, a soul that hasn't passed the the world is is safe from a bullet or whatnot. Which will which will segue me into um, uh, you just offered the the dummy, or I like to call them just mannequins because they're done so well that they're mm-hmm. they're so above bored from a dummy and, and frankly the number of squibs is the only reason i figured it was a dummy because otherwise that would have been kind of a painful afternoon for you that would have been a uh, a bad day at acupuncture wouldn't it yeah <laughs> <laughs> well again there was a lot of t- deliberation over this decision i mean glenn ultimately makes the call and has to stand by it and he and robert kirkman obviously and but the writer's room was a little bit in discontent with it and clearly the cast was so much so that they got together and Andrew Lincoln made a, a very specific and poignant appeal on my behalf and I'm so humbled by that and that was from everyone's standpoint and Glenn understood he just said I've got to I've got to do something at this point, juncture we have to do something and and so we did so based on that and this is no negligence or, or lack of um, preparation but the life cast that's involved in making one of these mannequins and particularly the head and facial structure through prosthetics uh, had been delayed so much so that it wasn't really prepared in the, the time that it needed to be for us to film this scene. And as you all know, uh, Greg has referenced, and he has been, uh, he has been a walker in a couple of these episodes um, yeah. and, a cu- and a couple last year, if I'm not mistaken. And interestingly enough, his face and my face bear a very similar resemblance. So the actual head and hands of this mannequin are Greg Nicotero, based on oh, what, what they awesome. had. And then they were able to put the facial hair on, uh, the axe stash, and, and do the hair. And this looked exactly like me. So much so that when I took pictures of it, and I'll send you all pictures... Oh, oh yeah, you, that'd be great. You can't, you can't tell that it's. I couldn't tell. I mean, if you put a picture up, <laughs> I couldn't tell. And my wife, she clearly, she had, she's like, oh, that's terrible. How long did you have to lay there? I go, that's not me. So <laughs> it was so good. It was so good that production, the producers and, and the director, Seath Mann, and, and Tom Luce, who produces on set, and, and Gail Ann heard, they said, look, I mean, this is going to be a two long days in the hot Georgia sun, a lot of mayhem in this, this massacre scene. Um, you want to take a powder? Would you like to go home? Would you like to wrap? And I was like, yes, that is delightful. So that mannequin or dummy, he played the rest of the work and uh, uh, much better than I could have. He didn't blink. He didn't breathe. He didn't move. <laughs> he, he, took, he took those squibs like a, like a champion, like a bull rider. And he was, he was, uh, he, he should get, a lot of credit. And so I'm just really honored because I'm a huge Greg Nicotero fan. And um, going back to our days in, in, at Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, the beginning, and that it was actually I'm attached to Greg forever as that was actually his face. And so uh, it's really it's really kind of cool. But uh, that was a lot of the that was a lot of the, the pleasant things that happened that production tried to make this exodus or departure for Lou Temple, I should say, as opposed to Axel, as um, as pleasant as possible. Uh, when we went through the pages of the script, and of course, Glenn had called me um, probably two weeks in advance of, of this happening, of the script actually coming, and he asked me to keep it under my hat, and about five days later, he had had a chance to speak with each cast member to let them know, and, and that's when they, came, you know, obviously they had some time to think about it and came to my defense. And as I attended to each person, because they come to you, it be, really becomes a morality issue. 
um, you have to take care of people like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I know it is. But you know what? The reality is it was me or you, Carol, or me or you, (laughs) Beth, or me or you, Herschel, or me or you, um, you know, Judith. Uh, so, you know, let's, let's just be happier still hanging around and, and that's okay. Uh, I was, I was, uh, Glenn offered me, he said, look, any, any type of, um, dialogue you want to sort of build in, uh, if you want to come to Los Angeles and get involved in the writer's room and as we're doing this, you're, you, we'd love to have you. And I, I said, you know, they, they've been so good up to this point. Clearly, I'm, why would I mess up the gumbo? Why don't you surprise me? And it was great. It was, it was super, 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 super great. Um, Nicole Beatty was the writer. Uh, interestingly, she wrote the very first episode I was in and ultimately the last. Um, I'm going to get her. Uh, no, uh, I have... <laughs> I have nothing but fond, fond respect for, for Nicole. As we went through these pages or as I went through the script, it occurred to me that there was so much going on. And as we watched the episode, I'm very proud of the fact that I was able to kind of I- idealize that there was so much conflict, so much friction, so much um, discontent with in places like the governor and and. Andrea, like, um, here, take my pants. You, you run the show. Or, um, you know, you got Merle and Daryl out there in the, uh, in the woods, you know, like, man, maybe this wasn't such a good idea. You're kind of an asshole, big brother. And, <laughs> and, and you've, got, you've got Rick out there uh, going bat nuts. He's, you know, chasing this, the specter of his wife, his fallen his dead wife. And, and you've got Glenn, yippee ki he's a loose cannon uh, looking for revenge and, and some place to put his resentment. Um, so there was so much un- unrest going on that what I really wanted Axel to have was some content and peace and a little kind of easy vibe and a little delight with things that were going on. I really wanted to just sort of settle and gently pull back into that and and give it a real down-home, comfortable feeling with him so that when the deal went down, it was really a shock. Like, no, I just, I, that guy was so great. I, I want to hear what happened with his brother, you know, what the, what his brother and that fishing trip, what they do. And so um, I was very pleased. And to do that, uh, I made a, just a real conscious effort not to show up on set the day uh, with disappointment, uh, depression, um, not to have any morose uh, around and to kind of be light and the pep in my step. And certainly I didn't want to play the eventuality on the front end of any of that work. So that was really cool. And to help me do that, I, I think I've referenced this often, but on set, and you all have talked to Norman and, and Andrew does this a lot too, and, and Lauren and it, we all kind of have a uh, a soundtrack for the day or a song that kind of gets us in the mood. Not in this particular day, I had a gentleman by the name of Citizen Cope, a band, and he has a song called Bullet and a Target. Bullet and a Target. And it's super cool. And it's really got a great uh, up- upbeat tone to it. And it served me very well for the day. So um, I was really happy how, how that came about. And Melissa was was hip to it and, and very available and very active. And then a big part of it got to be uh, the special effects. How is my head going to snap in order to throw blood on Melissa? And we want to be able to just hold for even a, a, a moment so we can land that CGI bullet hit there. And, you know, so there was some, uh, you know, delicate balance with that just to get that JFK effect. So um, all in all, though, I feel like we pulled it off. Um, Am I I disappointed? Of course. I'm disappointed not to be on the show anymore. But I'm as much or more so disappointed for Axel because I, I do feel like there were a lot of layers. And one of the things... 
you know. Well, one thing I wanted to ask you about was you had talked about this on The Talking Dead. And I'm curious as an actor, because you said at the beginning that he was going to be a completely different type of guy. Like he was going to be a serial killer and it was going to be dark and he was going to kidnap probably Beth and take off with her into the woods. But he became this really nice guy who kind of seems in tone a lot like you yourself. Yes. And and, um, how did that affect you as an actor and getting into that character? Because that's a true difference. Yeah. I think that one of the things that I wanted to always have in reserve was some fangs for Axel. So I do want – I did want the the ideals that he very well – maybe wasn't what he seemed. And if the production and the writers so chose to go that direction, if they made a choice that they wanted to go off into this realm of kidnapper, rapist, pedophile, serial killer, that I had given them um, some bait to be able to do that in the form of keeping the prison suit buttoned up or even the riot gear buttoned up uh, in wardrobe so that when we eventually peeled that open, I was probably going to be very tattooed like Henry Rollins, for instance, and maybe white supremacy. Um, uh, The fact that he talked about being in jail for pharmaceuticals and then ultimately was in jail for armed robbery. Well, there's a, there's a little limp that he can, is he a pathological liar? You know I what? What is? What is the truth? Story, but I thought this guy. This is either a one hundred percent honest story, and he's a genuine doll, or he's a monster, and he's a really good liar. And I kind of liked both. Yeah, all those. Anybody that went one way or the other was right on track, and so mm-hmm. these were things that I really wanted to have again in reserve for for Axel's run. Um, ideally. I I feel like he left very gregarious, very jovial, um, a likable country colloquial type of guy that people connected with. I I feel like that's who left. But anyone that has some question about what his demeanor really was would have good cause to because I was trying to, to lay in some of the some of those things as well. Um, I re- still remember when you sat down next to Beth and got a little friendly. <laughs> and I just had yeah. a little shiver going, ooh. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and even that, I mean, because there's, uh, you asked about as an actor, you know, you have to be careful of what you, uh, um, you, you have to be careful of, you know your intention but you have to be careful of how much of your intention to show or to what mm-hmm. I call the tell. And so uh, it was real easy to be lascivious, but it was also r- really fun to have it a little vague. Like, that was creepy, but this guy has been locked up, and she is yeah. cute. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's not one of your audience members that doesn't love to see her in, in her little cute personality bounce in and bounce out Mm -hmm. so uh there there's an element of real honesty there and this guy is you know he's basically been in any port in a storm situation for 10 months you know or longer (laughs) is being in prison and so um this is all new horizons for him and and um sometimes making stating the obvious i don't think anyone that watches the show want didn't have a question about Carol's, even though Ed, even though Ed was out there, you know, I know. Right. But, uh, I was going to say that was like one of the best lines ever. Oh, probably my, so hard. My, probably my favorite scene that I did in The Walking Dead, although I did like these last two scenes very much, but I so enjoyed uh, that. And, and Melissa did such a wonderful job in reaction because it, it, there, and we filmed it several ways. I mean, her reaction could have totally been in, in absolute uh, appalled. Yes. And then she also could have been amused by it. And she was just kind of, ooh, that's gross, but that's funny. And, <laughs> you know, you'll never know. And it was just enough. I mean, it was just done well. 
enough, and I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought, and, and the, the, the thing that I really do also enjoy about Axel is he brought a certain levity to the show, he, which I feel like it needed. The show's so heavy on almost every step of the way that just to take a laugh, to have a little breath now and again is okay. And, uh, oh, and it kind of needs it. I mean, yeah, yeah, I think so. It. I mean, sometimes we just got to be able to sit back with our root beer float and, and and enjoy it instead of spilling it all over ourselves every every time. And the, re- we, uh, the real shame is the loss of Axel removes an absolutely epic mustache from the show, which I think yes. that is, that is a, prof- a professional mustache. I have. Uh, <laughs> Okay, okay, because I, I, I actually, uh, I actually had to bring this up real quick. The yes. I, I, I have um, some people asked. I asked everyone um, uh, on Facebook. I said, "We're going to have you on. Do you have any questions?" And the biggest one so far was, "Is that mustache real?" That is, uh, man. I'm like Dolly Parton. You know, <laughs> that that is real. Uh, you know, I'm. I've had this before you could get before you could get an implant, um, a, <laughs> a, a fake mustache. Uh, yes, it absolutely is real. And the breadth of that mustache is so interesting because I typically, you know, most of y'all have seen me work. I do typically have some sort of facial hair, or whatnot. And in this instance, when I was invited to do The Walking Dead, I was already working on a show. I, w- I was working on the film The Lone Ranger. And I was building or I was holding on to my, you know, Texas Ranger Hollis look. And it was a big handlebar curled up waxed mustache. And so I showed up and I said, you know what? I I can't do anything with this because it's plain and I've got another three weeks left with it. And I'm I'm moonlighting with y'all. After that, we can whack it off and figure out how. And they're like, no, it's great. It's great. And clearly it's. It's been a lot of fun. I have bequeathed, uh, I think in my will, in one of, in my cell block, uh, I've left all my mustache wax to Herschel. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's for, awesome. For his ponytail. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, and, uh, and I heard something the other day, I, I read something, it's so amusing as well, that, uh, that Carl was going to come nab my stash uh, so, <laughs> so he could impress Beth. And... Uh, <laughs> Or, or creep her out, depending on yeah, our reaction. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I've enjoyed, and I've had a lot of, uh, I've had a lot of mustache attention. People uh, kindly give me tips on on some of the best product, mustache wax, and I, um, mm. I oh, take. You, I, I was going to say that there is a gentleman you will love to meet at Harhound Weekend named Alexander Hamilton, who has one of the most epic handlebar mustaches ever. I cannot wait. I uh, will look forward to meeting Mr. Hamilton. <laughs> And getting some tips because it's not always easy. It's it always looks good, but man, it's a lot of work. I, it's exactly what it is to be a lady. It's a lot of work, isn't it, ladies? I mean, you know, it is. It is. Uh, and then at the, when you have a mustache, it tends to be clearly it's around your mouth. So when you, when you eat, it does too. And um, I can tell you, my mustache is well fed. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, my boyfriend wears a very similar mustache. Well, no, oh, cool. quite, not quite so long. Similar in the ginger nature of it. Right. And, uh, yeah, so I can, I can uh, vouch that what you say is true. Yes, yes. And I've, I mean, I'm, I'm totally, I love it. Because I think it has, it's such a specific look and it, it, it's a, uh, it's a conversation piece. Um, it's, it's like boobs. It is. It's, uh, <laughs> it's just, it immediately a- attracts attention, and, um, and I'm always, uh, I'm never shy, so I'm okay with that. Thank you for, for noticing. Oh, it's, it is an epic stash. And you called it the Axel stash? Did you the name ax, it the, the Axe ax stash? Axe stash, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it actually, I think it has more followers than I do on Twitter. I think there's actually a. <laughs> There is a Twitter page called Axel's Stash, S-T-A-C-H-E, and um, I think that that guy, he's doing really good. I'm plodding along, but he's kicking butt, you know, and uh, <laughs> he's got all kinds of ideas. He's, he's yeah, he, uh, he he's must think this. all kinds of ideas. Yeah, he comes up with some of the crazy, he must be when I'm sleeping, he's working twice as hard, you know, um. <laughs> Well, the the axe stash is going to rise up as its own zombie because it had sentience and is going to avenge you. Apparently, it will keep, <laughs> keep now, now, Axel. 
only tweaks when you're asleep, Lou. I mean, so, yeah. I don't know it's not actually your mustache. That's true. It, well, that's that. That's a, good, <laughs> that's a good question. I mean, because I talk so much, Claire, he can't do anything else. But, but hang on. Well, <laughs> well, I'm talking. I mean, he's got to have a pretty good grip on that upper lip, or he's going fly, <laughs> He's going flying. But uh, yeah, he must do it in the wee hours. I, I might have to pull an all nighter just to shut him down. Um, I think you've gave him a complex now, Ren. He's gonna like. Try, I'll go 24, 48 hours without sleep and figure out if this is true or not. Sleep so like, deprived. Like Kent and Superman, have you ever seen them in the same room at the same time? You've got to, you know, be scientific about this. That's my whole take. I, you know, I have, <laughs> another, I have another theory. It's not very popular, but it's, it seems to be reoccurring. I don't believe in um, uh, lesbians. I'm just going to say it. Um, it's a nice, it's a nice concept with uh, unicorns and the Easter Bunny, and almost every film I do, I, I somehow work this in this belief system, and uh, so I was trying to figure out with when they actually wrote it for me for uh, uh, with Carol, uh, how I was going to say, I know you know you're a lesbian with the short hair, but I, I don't. I don't imagine that you are. And the only way I could do it was just to offer, okay, um, interesting. We'll see. We'll see. And uh, that was that That was my quaint little take. Of course, there are lesbianic persons. I've never, <laughs> I've never met one, but uh, I, I'm, sure they're, uh, I'm sure they're out there. Like Oompa Loompas. They're like Oompa Loompas. They're on some special island. Uh, <laughs> It's not that there aren't such things. It's just that how could you not be so delighted by a man? I'm just, you know. <laughs> With a mustache I like that. I was wondering where the, where the um, logic was going to, well. Yeah, it's not that there's, it's not there. that, I'm not saying that two women can't enjoy one another. That is. <laughs> that is that's fine there's no problem with that if that's what it takes to be a lesbian does it extend then to to guys uh you don't believe that they could enjoy themselves without the you know dichotomic i totally i told i've met i've met several them fellers that like fellers um right but that makes sense to you that's a conceivable that's totally because dudes are just that awesome they're, they're that lazy, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We have gone into a whole area I never in a million years thought this episode This was kind of supposed to be for Daryl, right? I mean, this was, this was, this was going to be Norman's conversation. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, we were going to talk about the shower scene in Boondock Saints, too. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, we kids, he's got that shower thing going, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Um, but... I- I was um, not to I, get I, in trouble with the lesbians. Obviously, I do. But yeah. what, what I what I, I, I my take with it is is that because it's it's a way to sort of give them a uh, a um, a nod. You know, it's sort of that thing between between us. Like um, every character you have doesn't believe that a, a lesbian is a lesbian. Yeah, and they can take delight <laughs> in that. They can come. <laughs> we've got like, a. We've got. We've got, you've got a, you've got a, a relationship. Thing going. Yeah. yeah. Still have a, a, a relationship going. They're like, okay, Luke Temple, he's doing the Lone Ranger and he's working with Johnny Depp. And right, when's he going to do his lesbian speech? Yep, yeah. right here. Here it comes. Yep. It, there's a woman driving a buckboard. There it comes. Yeah, yes. Sure. And, and, you're like, you'll be like Munch. You'll be like, you know, the character that, that uh, yeah. is the, the same guy in all the shows. Exactly. exactly. But this will just be a similar philosophy. It's uh, until I have another one, and that you know that another that, philosophy. You didn't do that in Rango, though. I don't remember you talking about lesbians in Rango. Um, let me think. Yeah, uh, you might have got me there. Seemed like there was something. Uh, <laughs> I had a conversation about pygmies, and that I was a little infatuated with uh, pygmies. I think in that in Rango. That's true. So. <laughs> Oh man! So um, I, get, I did have some. Yeah, let's, let's get to the real questions. Let's per- get to the real questions. Yeah. Like I have so um, Adam. De, uh, okay, Adam. If I mispronounce your last name, I am sorry. Adam De Filippi 
Philippi PP. Um, he wanted to know, you've been in a very large range of projects in the horror genre. Is there a certain genre you are still really wanting to tackle? Uh, yes. Lesbian films. Uh, <laughs> Sapphic love films. <laughs> yes. Yeah, soft, though. Soft. You know, the kind that are still play on Showtime. Uh, <laughs> you and me both, Lou. You and me both. Yeah, right? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, my thing, uh, I like doing, I like, yeah, why wouldn't you? I, uh, oh, my God. I would, um, I always was interested in the, that movie, The Bicycle Thief. And it, 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 I, for the longest time when I was becoming a young cinephile, I thought it was The Bicycle Seat. And that always sounded good to me. But, uh, uh, wow. But it, it has nothing to do with that. The, the question about the genre is that I, I, like, I like crossing over because I think it keeps me fresh and it keeps me um, uh, stimulated and it keeps me engaged in, in the work. So I find that the horror genre gives you a real opportunity to kind of expand on the character where some of the other genres, because um, they might be a little pinned in don't as often although i've had the good fortune of working with some directors who have really let me loose or turned me loose outside of the horror genre um i haven't done too many romantic comedies all in all and i guess i don't miss that that would be something i, I don't know that i would want to throw my hat in um i uh i like I like dark comedies, and I like you know Coen Brother comedies. I think those are great. I, I think Apto and and McFarland have a great sense of humor. I like what what they do. Um, I suppose Waitress, which is one of my favorite movies. Wonderful movie. Thank Wonderful you. Movie, by the way. I suppose Love. that would be considered a dark romantic comedy, and and I so enjoyed that. So, um, uh, is there a genre that I haven't? done that I want to do uh, oh uh, a musical yes I would I mean I just Russell Crowe yeah music musical absolutely okay. I would like to throw in with a, a, a musical where um, where none of us could sing <laughs> <laughs> so we, it would really be a musical um, even because, playing film I've yes. felt for some time now that the that the time is nearly ripe for a remake of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Did you ever see that? Yay! That would be yeah, that would be, that would I be think so that fun. would be a good one. That would be that would be that would be prime. That would be great. I feel like musicals are are so much more accepted now too that you could make a musical almost with anything, you know. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, have They're you, coming, have you seen coming a back movie? around. Have you seen a movie called, I believe it's called 200, oh, Love and Cigarettes, I think is what it's called. I've not seen it, but I've heard of it. Yes, yes. There is a scene that is beyond brilliant with Christopher Walken singing Delilah by Tom Jones. Oh, that's, that, see, that is super cool. Oh, it is amazing. I strongly suggest it because you you brought up people that can't really sing doing a musical. Yeah. But it's brilliant. It's so good. I feel like that's the key, in all honesty, that I think that when you do a musical and you do it, and I, I hear that Les Mis is like that, that, that the intentions and the acting is so strong within the music that it doesn't matter if you sing or not. It's, it's, again, it's always the essence of what the work is or the truth, the spine mm-hmm. of the work, and that even, I'm sure with... Chris singing Delilah, there's some truth to it that just connect, can, you connect with. And um, like all of our favorite songs, how many of those people really can sing, but they exactly. can really connect with what we, what we love. Well, and so. Jay's, one of Jay's favorites, I mean, Johnny Depp is, is uh, not a magnificent singer, but of course he, he carried a tune enough to do the, you know, a magnificent um, uh, Sweeney Todd. He did a great Sweeney Todd, and he worked his tail off at that. And he he, but he also embodied the role, and that's the key. Yes, and that's it? that's it's, the key. It's the yeah. key. I mean, we'll we'll buy anybody if they buy themselves, and that's mm-hmm. really the key with with any type of your work. I mean, or, or any work at all in entertainment. You you have to 
you have to own it before we'll buy it. And and um, and he didn't really want to do that movie. He doesn't like singing that much. I don't think he likes to uh, <laughs> put himself. He, you know what? He loves to. He doesn't like to put himself in a uncomfortable position, and yet that's all he does. And I think that's mm. the great conflict of him is that he's very shy. He's very much a nerd. He's he's as handsome as any guy that ever lived and yet he just would like to talk about a math equation or what some sort of star constellation is or just enjoy some adult beverages out on his yacht with some great company and talk music but to yeah. do some of these things that he does and continues to do he never just shows up doing the insured salesman that's the neighbor that um, is marrying into a stepfather situation, you know. He never, he just no. He won't do it in a romantic comedy. He refuses. He's, not, he's always putting himself way out there to play a guy with scissors on his hands, or a pirate, or a, a Native American that's going to teach a cowboy how to be a cowboy. So it's um, it's really lovely. Um, he will not disappoint you in the Lone Ranger. As usual, the Lone Ranger will not disappoint. I'm super excited. Yeah, I was I was actually on the team for Chris Pine to be the Lone Ranger, and when they announced Army Hammer, I'm like, okay, I can do that. That was so good. That was so good. I was on the team for Chris to do it too because I didn't know Army at the time, and now that I know them both and having worked with them both, I will um, I'll choose to be kidnapped as opposed to making a decision because they're <laughs> they're both. They're both lovely, lovely guys and lovely people. I will say this about Army. That guy, he can do everything perfect. I mean, he can, he can ride a horse. He can ride a motorcycle. He can fly an airplane. He is six foot five and super handsome. He's got a great smile. He's got blue twinkly eyes. He's got a beautiful <laughs> wife. He's got more money than all of us put together. Just by virtue <laughs> of his... Just the diversity of his hair. And beyond all that, he is the sweetest guy around. Nice. And that's a lot of pressure to work with a guy like that. Not for me. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what I do. But poor Johnny Depp, you know. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I only see Johnny Depp when I think of the <laughs> I know. I can promise you. He's easy that way. I'll, I'll, you know, we were doing a scene in Rango, and I was talking to him, and I'm like, dude, I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm married. I got a kid, and I, I'm a, <laughs> but I got I'm wondering, I'm whispering sweet nothings, and you're, uh, I'm <laughs> falling in love with you. And he's like, yeah, that happens occasionally. <laughs> but it's your line. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's your line. So I, I, I was going to ask you about Rango because um, I'm I'm like the resident Johnny Depp geek on this thing. Yay, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's not and it's not just because it's not just the looks. I love the guy because he's he's just amazing and all the stuff I've ever read about him. He's just a sweetheart. But what I wanted to ask you about it's not specifically about Johnny. It's about how awesome was it to film that in live action in the cost sort of costumed out for that i thought that was so neat it was it was delightful it was not delightful for johnny depp because he had just come off i guess he just finished alice in wonderland which was a bit of a grind even though he and tim are best friends i don't know tim burton um but i i said tim like i know him i do know but i know johnny so i get to say tim um and the Michael Mann thing, uh, was it Dillinger or uh, uh, oh, Public, uh, Enemies. Public Enemies, was not a pleasant day for him. So he'd just been off some back. So he was coming to his old buddy Gore, and this was going to be a delight, and we're going to knock this out. And he, was, he wasn't really tuned into the fact that we were going to act all this out. You couldn't have your script in hand, and he had the line load. I mean, obviously, okay. and okay. the character load. I mean, we got to do our, you know, bits and bobs in there, but which was so much fun more fun than people should have to get paid and um but it was a lot of work for him so we would do uh the work in, on this sound stage where they would build these sets they would build these backgrounds with water towers and and the bars and we'd you know we'd have costumes on and 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 18 60 wardrobe and and tail feathers and a and a beak and and um and when i was doing turley the uh 
Sergeant Charlie the Turkey, I had an arrow prosthetic that was put through my eye. And uh-huh. it was so fun. Um, and then we'd go immediately from having filmed it, we'd go over to the sound booth and we would record it so that the sound was absolutely perfect, um, which was twice the work. So it was actually a, a, it was so much fun, but it was a lot of work. And, but that being said, the proof then became in the pudding because that movie is exceptional. That movie. It's I mean, my fa- one of my favorite cartoons. It is just absolutely freaking beautiful. It is like a, a it's Sergio Leone. I mean, it's, it's like a, it's like a spaghetti Western in cartoon. I mean, it is so spot on. It is, it's fantastic. So, uh, good, good times. And Johnny, I think he came to love it. It was a lot of work on the front end where he's like, what Gore, I have to memorize all these lines. Yeah, you gotta, you do. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Um, so that was, it was just, it was great. I really, really loved that movie. Thank you guys for making that because it was, I laughed my butt off in the theater. It was And so again, great. it was a, it was a, it is a cartoon, but it's made for adults. I mean, there's Yo, a lot totally. of, totally. There's a lot of, there's a lot of adult humor and there's a lot of adult uh, conversation and themes. It's the perfect thing. And you know what? If you watch that movie and if you just think about Johnny, um, it kind of is the reoccurring recurring theme in his career. Who it, it, am I? And that, it that's totally pretty is. much it. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. in the beginning when he's doing that little uh, uh, segment where Rango's going through all of his different, um, mm-hmm. I could be the lover or I could be the yeah. captain. Or, and I'm like, this is him. He's pretty much, he's even said yeah. he's got all these characters stuck in his head in, in these drawers forever after he yeah. makes them. Yeah, what they're so de- how could you let them go? They're so delightful. Uh, so he's just, he's one of the really interesting guys. Um and Chris Pine, man, he, what a what a solid dude and what a good great actor he is as well and comes oh, he from kicks an acting family. He's a, a student of the theater and he he he's well done on um on uh, uh his his cinema you know his his chops are in place and he's he's fantastic um so i think ren wanted to ask you about lone ranger specifically ren did you have a question (laughs) i have to be more specific in my secret messages to you by the way i did Uh, is that what i meant i meant are we allowed to ask you questions about the lone ranger because i'm very very curious and i want the dish Uh, Yes, uh, Lone Ranger is a uh, a big tentpole piece of property that is the new franchise piece for Walt Disney. Uh-huh. Uh, it will be, um, you're going to go to Disneyland, Disney World, and instead of getting on the pirate ship, you're going to roll out into the desert on your horse now. Um, so wow. it's, yeah, it's changing that, that face. Um, it is the story of, of Tonto, actually, and it is the story of uh, Tonto's uh, coming coming into contact with with this uh, this young cowboy who he he builds, and they uh, they fight injustices as they've been, and um, I play a ranger um, by virtue of the title Lone Ranger. Uh, my fate is not. Um, <laughs> Any better than Axel's. <laughs> Damn it, Lou. Can't you live in a movie? <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't know the last thing I lived in. It's just, it's, uh, guess it's. That's kind of, that's kind of funny. One of the questions uh, a gentleman by the name of Tony Short asked was, um, would you like a role where you aren't brutally killed by a psychopath? I, w- I would. I suppose. That, <laughs> but then I think that would probably happen in a romantic comedy. I would, you know, I would meet some guys, you know, best friend that wanted to kill a guy that looked just like me um <laughs> or or i'd meet uh some girl's ex-husband that would you know take a shot at me or something but yeah i have an idea about doing a coffee table book uh, called all of me why not take all of me so um <laughs> uh there's there is that 
it's you and Sean Bean, I think. I, I, I wonder got some if... body parts. We've got some missing body parts. They amazingly <laughs> seem to grow back. I don't know. <laughs> I have lost an arm in Domino. I have allowed my face filleted in Devil's Rejects. My skull crushed in Halloween. I've had my head blown off in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, clearly, and similar fate lately in Old Walking Dead. Uh, I have been shot in... Beat badly in Lawless. Jason Clark got some good licks. I like to say I got him warmed up for Zero Dark Thirty uh, <laughs> in torture. Uh, shoot, yeah, I've uh, blown my own head off in Silent Night, Zombie Night. Um, there's there's been a few that uh, that don't end real well. And um, Lone yeah, Ranger, be, uh... I shot off a horse. Yeah, I'm a I'm the king think, of death. I think you you've probably either topped. Sean Bean, or you're right at the same amount of deaths as Sean Bean. That's pretty impressive. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> not easy. It's it's not easy dying, but it seems to be it seems to be harder than living. Actually, yeah, so. well, you make a good living at dying. Is that um, what you? That's, a, that's pretty good. There's another coffee table book. There you go. I make a good yeah, living dying. I made a good living at dying. That's just to give me a, a little credit. Say that. Yeah, I will. You. I'll give you right. I'll give, Story credit. Story credit. <laughs> um, so I have uh, another question for you, and this is actually from my sister, um, Leanne, Yay. who is a, a huge fan of the show. Um, I'm not even going to bother. She, I said, couldn't you have ducked the governor's bullets? But I'm not. That's not the question. No, um, that was. That would have been a great trick. Yeah, What's, I mean, I I knew they were coming. Let's put it that way. I mean, Lou did. Lou did. Axel did. So uh, you know. <laughs> um, what is on your iPod? Oh, that's a great question. That is an absolute fantastic question. Um, this guy, Citizen Cope, has been speaking to me a lot. He's out of the East Coast. He's a singer-songwriter. I love, love, love uh, when I'm working to have seen music. Um, one of the songs that spoke to me a lot and has been is uh, by the Flaming Lips, Do You Realize? Um, love that because song. Every time I look at Andrew Lincoln, I think he has one of the most beautiful faces. <laughs> and I would just I just want to let him know that in, people are going to die and it's okay and he's got to be okay with it. it. To me, it's the perfect song to give him. That's what I would want to give Andrew. And I've tried to do that a few times um, through various emails. And uh, I think he thinks I'm, I'm odd. Um, <laughs> do you want to give the song to Andrew or to Rick? Rick, 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 because Andrew's Andrew's perfect. He he gets it. Um, I love. Uh, while I was working on The Walking Dead, um, I listened to a lot of Tom Waits. A lot uh. of time, you know. Um, uh, there's a song Georgia Lee. It always felt like why wasn't God watching to allow all this to happen? Um, there uh, somehow, I thought there was a certain idea of. Um, freedom in the yeah yeah yeah's maps mm -hmm. this song um they don't love you like i love you and it felt like that was somehow a a calling song to bring me home to where i need to go the drums in that song are so driving yeah and yeah. i felt i felt like that a lot i like a lot of credence clearwater from the 70s uh i'm a big credence they play big in a lot of the, the work um, that I do. They just have a, a real soulful uh, sound, uh, tone that I, I totally dig. Um, and uh, uh, I like the Killers. I think the Killers oh, have Oh, God, I love the Killers. I yeah, love the Killers. I think the Killers have a good, a good thing to say. Uh, I'll, I'll twist off in a little Lucinda Williams um, uh, now and again, and I like this. Uh, I like Arcade Fire, so I kind of like anthem music, big noises, big loud um, epic songs, and um, nice. and uh, now and again a little singer songwriter. But uh, yeah, so you got to have something to say, not just something to listen to for me. So I, I would say all those people uh, inform me, and and their their work uh, informs a lot of my work. So I'm grateful. Have you, have you heard much Kasabian? I have not, but I will write Kasabian it down. Kasabian is anthematic. 
I'll do that. I'm C A Kasabian. K A S A B I A N. The first album, particularly. Uh, I put that on when I want to make myself do something. It's very motivating. Fantastic. Oh, and, and I'll give you another one that you should check out, which is really good. And I don't know if you know um, Billy Boyd, who played in, he was actually in uh, the the Lord of the Rings movies is one of the hobbits. He's got a band called B cake, B E E cake, C A K E. And they're ethereally beautiful music. He's got this great Celtic voice. That's just gorgeous. Oh, that's so cool. Um, uh, B cake. Okay. I will, uh, I will. So, so those are all, you know, those are all good musics. And of course I'm a Southern guy and I'm a country guy and, and I do love all the country music that I can hear. Um, but I like all kinds of music. I mean, I really, I feel like it, it's, um, it's the story of music that's, that serves me best. And I've really, I've, I'm really happy to connect with all kinds of music. I got to work with Amy Mann the other day, reading a book. Oh, wow book on tape and that was delightful she's she's amazing that she's an amazing artist and that you know that was a real joy real gift and i did work with tom waits and domino ostensibly he was my father in domino so that right. was really cool yes I one love of my tom favorites waits. he's one of my favorites oh um uh, oh. god man it's so awesome to talk to you you're so well, great so i wanted always to have a um I always like to do this with because sometimes, sometimes you all, you do have something to say. Uh, I seldom do I, but I think always do I. But I like to kind of couch it in in a certain comfortable way and and um, connect and get somebody. I like to get people engaged in the conversation and I, the way I like to be engaged in the conversation. And so, a question like the iPod question is so great because uh, so often there's times where you're lost in your work. And, and, and when I say that, I mean, I don't know what to do. I, I, and I'm not the only one. I, I was with Tom Hardy before he went to go do Bane. He said, I'm scared shitless. I have no fucking idea what to do with this. And he found some music that he could rage with and, and that served him. So I, I just think those are really interesting things. You know, I want to know what serves Amy Mann, you know, I, I want to, yeah. in, in her work and in, in these kinds of things. And so I, I recognize in Andrew Lincoln what, how he has served, what serves him in his work. And I recognize that in Norman and I've had, and in Johnny Depp, see, so I've had the delight of, of being like that. Quick answer to a quick question that you haven't asked, two favorite movies. Uh, there's, there's not a, uh, a one for all time on the small for different reasons, waitress on the large for different reasons, unstoppable. Um, Jet Li. No, that's not Jet Li. No, 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 no. He's talking, Uh, he's uh, talking about the Chris Pine and and Denzel movie. No, I suddenly thought of Unleashed with Jet Li. Sorry. (laughs) And and, and being Unleashed. And, um, oddly enough, both of those directors who I adore and who, gave me opportunities that I somehow was able to take advantage of in delivering on the day, on the role. Um, they're both gone, and it just strikes me. Um, oh, that's uh, true. Adrian Shelley was, was murdered um, in New York City just before Sundance, before we actually screened the movie for the very first time. She was such a delight, and such a absolute amazing artist and and then um tony, tony scott has recently passed uh who i did three movies with and he gave me the confidence he had the confidence in in me to to for me to have faith in myself to do things that weren't on the page in in a place like unstoppable and he turned me loose which doesn't happen very often in a big a big studio film and so for different reasons i adore both of those movies and i I show shown well in each, um, but they're they're really they stick out for me. Obviously, Rob Zombie's a delight. He's he's an absolute wonderful friend. He's a craftsman and a great storyteller. So um, there's um, there's you can enough can't be said. I'm uh, you know I do anything for Rob and 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 I'm always pulling for him as well. So um, 
I'm wait. I can't wait for Lords of Salem. It it's looks- going to be great. I don't haven't seen it other than what y'all have seen. I just I sense that it's it's going to be a, creepy. It's a creepy. I think it'll be very Polanski. I think it'll be very Rosemary's Baby. Uh, very much in your head. I think it's a great segue for him to kind of step out of the genre because his next movie is going to be a hockey movie. <laughs> Are you it's in it? To, I hope to be. He told me to sharpen my skates, which. Uh, ah! So it's going to be uh, about nice. the Philadelphia Flyers of the 70s. Very slap shot. Ooh, so, um, that'll be cool. It'll be fun. Fun, fun, fun. Nice. Uh, Blue, I, I want to thank you for coming on, man. This has been a joy, and I hope you come back. I so oh. look forward to it. Anytime y'all uh, have anything that you want to ask or inquire about, uh, please don't hesitate. Amanda's a good friend. We just worked together on a film, um, House of, House of Forbidden Secrets. Secrets. It's very exciting. I got to do yeah. a proper Irish accent in this, and I, I'm I'm quite looking forward to it to not be the southern redneck hillbilly <laughs> shite. <laughs> nice. So that's it'd be a little leprechaun, a little um, little lucky charms with a, a emerging emerging Catholic priest, don't you know? <laughs> That's the best nice. kind. The best. Catholic priests are the best. Wouldn't that well, have kept the church out of trouble if we just believed in it? <laughs> just kept kept them murdering instead if of... If that was the only thing bad thing they did, <laughs> yeah. It'd be fine. I've sorry. so enjoyed it, ladies. Thank you. Well, thank you. And you are so invited to our room party at Harham Weekend. You I have to wait. come. Oh, you that's are a so thing. invited. That's bring a thing. thing I'm bringing my flask. You, you don't have to bring a flask. You can. We will have so much booze. It's not even funny. <laughs> Gonna drown in a whiskey river. I'm looking forward to it. And not the. Not the. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm really gonna. Um, I'm really gonna hurt myself. <laughs> you will. <laughs> you won't that, be the only one. That's a promise. That shower might get used yet. Oh God. <laughs> and with that, I want to thank Lou Temple for joining us. So and nice to be here. And remember, <laughs> keep tuning in on Sundays. You're the Walking Dead. All uh, right. Axel says, "You follow me." Excellent. <laughs> we'll pour one out for Axel. We Thank will pour you. one out for you, Axel. Thank, Thank and your stash. An extra for the stash. Axe stash. Good night, ladies. Good night, Good night, sir. Thank you. All right. Good night. Good night. Thanks so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Lou Temple, a gentleman and um, just all around awesome dude with a badass mustache. And uh, I want to thank you all for listening. I think we went over a little bit, but my gosh, it was great. We spent the entire episode talking. Um, So thank you again. I hope you enjoyed it. And um, we will uh, see you next week on Fangirl Radio. Real lock up up there, please. Guys, stop working for just a second. Rolling, rolling. Ready? Rolling. House lights. Stage. Action Nick. Roll playback. i